Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church today. So glad that you're here. Uh, some visitors with us today. A warm welcome to you. Uh, we're so glad that you're here. Welcome to those who are online as well. And uh, hope you can stay with us all the way through to the end. For those who are online especially, just a little uh, heads up that we'll be doing communion today. Um, so just so that you can get prepared for that. Good to be in God's house. Um, it's so good to come together as church family. Uh, we're going to worship God today. We are going to take communion today. And just really reflect on all that Jesus has done for us. Um, I don't know if it's an age thing or a time of life thing, but I'm just kind of struck by just how much Jesus has actually done for me. And it just seems to come afresh. You think you understand it. And then something else happens and you just realize how much Jesus has actually done, what he has taken upon himself, what he carries. Um, And so we'll think about that when we come to communion. But it's great to be here. So glad that we're together as church today. And let's stand. If you're able to stand, we're going to pray. And then we're going to worship our incredible King. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we're here today, that we have health and strength that allows us to be here today. Lord, we know that there are some people who can't be with us today for various reasons. Lord, we pray that you'd be with them where they are. Lord, for those who need a touch in their body, who are sick, Lord, we pray that you'd minister deep into their bodies, into their spirits, into their souls, into minds. Father, wherever people need a touch from you today, Father, we pray that you would come and that you would just touch each one. Lord, for those who are online who would love to be here and can't, Lord, we just ask for your blessing upon them at home or wherever they are. Lord, we just ask that you would come and meet with each one of us. May we know your presence. May we know the very peace of God flowing through our whole being this morning. Father, as we come, may we encounter your presence in this place today. Holy Spirit, come and move amongst us. Have your way amongst us today, Holy Spirit, we ask. And just stir us up, stir stir our hearts in worship, and just motivate us, motivate our ears to listen, to meditate on your word and all these things. And so, Lord, we just pray, move amongst this gathering today. May it be for your glory. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Let's worship him today.
and me. Praise His holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Jesus. Yes. Um, as that message in tongues came there, uh, just prior to that message in tongues, I just felt that maybe one of the things that God wanted to say into the life of the church today is that you can live in His presence in every situation, every circumstance that you find yourself in. You can live in His presence, and it's just the it wasn't so much a picture, but just a sense that I had of the presence of God and the 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 very fact that God is light, and just being able to live in that place and live in His light, live in His presence, regardless of what's happening uh, down here on earth. We know, we know that God lives here with us. The Holy Spirit's with us. He lives in us. He is in the world. We are in the world. We're not of the world, but we're in the world. But, but God lives with us. His presence is like that light. It is not like it is a light that exists in our lives, that we can live in the presence of that light all the time. We don't need to be engulfed in darkness. We don't need to be engulfed in confusion. But we can live in the light. And my encouragement today is that you find your way back into that place. Maybe some people... And I'm going off into my own interpretation now of what's been said. Maybe some people have kind of wandered off, maybe wandered away from the light, maybe got sidetracked, sidetracked by circumstances, sidetracked by things that are happening in life and you have no control over them. And maybe there's been worry and maybe there's been fear and maybe there's been anxiety. Just... I really feel that God is saying to, to come back into that place where you live in the light of his presence. And there's just nothing like it. There's nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. And he's here today. He's here in this place today. He's here to meet with us. And Father, we just pray 
your spirit would continue to move amongst us, that you would just come. And even in the, the stillness of this moment, Father, that you would come and that you would minister to hearts and lives in this place today. Lord, that you just, Father, pour out your peace upon us. Lord, that's what some people need today more than anything else is to experience your peace in their lives. And Father, we just pray that you just pour it out. May it be like oil flowing down from your presence into our hearts, into our minds, into our thoughts, into our emotions, into our anxieties. And Father, we pray that it, as the oil flows over our lives, Father, it would just bring that calmness. That it would just bring calm and peace into our hearts. Father, may it bring an assurance of who we are in you. And Lord, we pray, lead us, lead us into that place. Lead us into that place of your light, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we do thank you for who you are. We thank you that you're a constant force in our lives, Father, guiding us and just being to us everything that we need. And Father, we just pray, help us to just apprehend, maybe for some of us afresh today, apprehend your presence in our lives. Father, we pray that you draw us into that place of intimacy with you. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Just please be seated. Just going to read a few verses from Scripture as we come to take communion this morning. I just think it's amazing to be in the presence of God. And when God begins to speak, I really feel God is speaking to us this morning. And that we need to just grab hold of what he's saying and uh, pray that we find the way to apply that to our lives, that we find the way for the application in our own hearts. Do you know, just as we prepare for communion, of the scripture that I've been meditating on quite a bit for a while now is in Isaiah 53. Verses 4 and 5. And it talks about Jesus. And this is, this is hundreds of years before the person of Jesus arrived on the planet as the little baby. And Isaiah says these things about him looking forward down through time and said, Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace, that peace that we're praying for this morning, the punishment that allowed that to happen was upon him, and by his wounds were healed. And I've just been so aware lately in my own heart that the things which cause grief the things which cause sickness the things which cause distress the sin that's in my heart was laid upon him it says that he took up our infirmities our sickness our grief and he's taken it and he's absorbed it upon into himself this one person jesus who is seated at the right hand of god the father who intercedes for us. He, he prays for us. He prays that we get the application 
of what he's talking about here. He, he's taken this upon himself. Not just, not just me, not just you, but the sins of the whole world. He's carried our sorrows, our pain, our suffering. And he's taken it up. It's, he's taken that and, and, and he's absorbed that into himself. And I just, I can't even begin to imagine how Jesus does this, how he takes each one of us, our pain, our griefs, our sorrows, our sicknesses, and he takes it upon himself. I find that unimaginable. You know what it's like when you share in somebody else's suffering, when you, you get alongside somebody and you listen to them and you pray for them and you, you're just there in the moment with that person and you, you cry with that person when they cry. Or the moment where you, you have to forgive somebody and there's reconciliation and there is tears and, and there's just that recognition that you're, you're together again. There's that genuine reconciliation and there are tears of joy and tears of sorrow and tears of repentance. And, and Jesus takes that. He takes that from us as well. When we come to him, he just, he takes all this stuff and he pours in his spirit. He was pierced. Pierced for our sin, our transgression. He was pierced by nails on a cross, but he was also pierced by the things that we carry around in ourselves that he wants to take upon himself. He was pierced by those things. He was crushed not only by the cross, but he was crushed by the weight of our sin. And Jesus still understands the weight of our sin. That's why we need an intercessor before the Father in heaven, because we still sin. Or am I in the wrong place today? Yeah. And I've been thinking about that verse in Romans 3.23, we've all sinned, we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory, his standard. He was wounded and by his wounds were healed. In every conceivable way we can be healed. And I've just been so aware lately of the depth of healing there's, there's a depth of healing that needs to occur in the church. And I don't mean just this church. I mean the church. I think about the church in our area here in West Lothian. And I've shared this with a few leaders throughout West Lothian. I really feel that there needs to be a depth of healing in the church. That there needs to be a time where we come before God and we truly humble ourselves before him. And we allow him to pour that healing oil into our lives. And he can do that because by his wounds, we are healed. By his wounds, we together collectively are healed. As we come and as we recognize that we have one savior. And so we remember Jesus suffering today, his pain, his anguish, his burden, the things which he has taken upon himself, our stuff that he's taken upon himself. And he's doing that today, in this place today. And as we take communion, let's remember that. The Bible tells us that we need to examine ourselves. We need to examine our own hearts. We need to uh, discern the body of Christ. And I think that's more than just Jesus on the cross. That's the body of Christ. We Christians are the body of Christ. So if you're a Christian today, you're included in this. You are the body of Christ. And we need to consider each other before we take bread and as we drink wine. And so, Father, we come before you. We come before you in the stillness of this moment. And, Father, we ask that you would just 
pour in the oil of your presence. Pour in the healing that needs to happen in our hearts today. Father, there are people who need mental healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing, physical healing, relational healing. And Father, we ask that you would come and that you would bring healing into our very presence today. Lord, as we take bread, which reminds us of the body of Jesus, which was broken on that cross. Lord, may we remember that it was for us, that it was our sicknesses and infirmities and our griefs and our sorrows and our sins that he was taking upon himself on that cross. And Father, we just pray, help us to apprehend afresh what Jesus has done for us, we, what, what he has actually accomplished. So Lord, as we take bread, may we remember, be glorified in our time of sharing today, we ask. Let's just take bread together. Father, we thank you for that blood which was shed for us on the cross and before. Father, we ask that you'd help us to realize that it's that blood that washes us and makes us clean. Father, we're made new, we're made fresh, we're made whole. Father, we thank you that you have cleansed us from our sin. Father, your word says that if we confess our sin, that you're faithful and just to forgive us and to make us clean, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, may we stand complete in you today, complete in the work of Jesus. May we stand in that with confidence today, we ask in Jesus' name. Let's just take the wine together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for the moment when Jesus said on that cross, it is finished. The work was done. It was completed. Father, our pathway back into your presence was secured for all eternity. Not just for us, but Father, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. And so, Father, we just pray that your spirit would move amongst us. Father, perhaps... There are people who have joined us today who have never made a decision to follow Jesus, who have never accepted his invitation to come. Father, we pray today, may you stir hearts, may you stir minds. Father, may you stir people to respond to the invitation to come to Jesus. Lord, may we come with open arms. Father, may we come like the prodigal son running towards the father, the father running towards the son. Father, there to embrace the Son, to bring him back in. Father, to shield him from the criticism that others would lay upon him. Father, we thank you that the prodigal son met the father before he met the brother. We thank you that he met the father before he met the other neighbors in the village who would have cast him out. But Father, we thank you that all who come to you, you will never cast out, you will never drive away. Lord, we thank you that your arms are open wide to receive us. And so, Lord, we pray, may many people come to know Jesus we ask in his precious name. 
Amen. 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 So good to be in God's house. Welcome. If you missed the welcome at the start, great that you're with us. Our boys and girls are going to go over next door to Answer House to treasure kids. They're going to have fun. So we're just going to break for one minute to allow them to get organized and to go over. And uh, we'll just pray for you guys in a little second. Just take a minute to say hi to the person next to you. Don't walk around. Don't run around. Um, because it's like herding sheep trying to get everybody back together. Okay, let's just uh, fix our attention back up here for a little second, if that's possible, uh, while I just share a couple of announcements today. Um, up the very back of the church, underneath the cross, um, there is a massive, massive Christmas card, which I would like you to go and look at, and it will be sent to some brothers and sisters in Colombia. Um, it's an initiative through Open Doors who support the persecuted church. And we have the opportunity to write words of encouragement to brothers and sisters in Colombia. That will be sent off uh, for, for Christmas time for them. Let me just read what it says. We'd love everyone in your church to send their own message of peace and hope by signing the extra large words of peace fold-out Christmas card. Simply invite everyone to write a message on the card. Oh, I've done that. Okay. Uh, return it to us and we will forward your message to persecuted Christians in Colombia. And if possible, I uh, want to take it further. There's a thank you postcard they can take with them as a reminder for prayer and encouragement to write to other persecuted Christians around the world. We'll get more of those postcards so that we can send them out uh, and pass them on to everyone. So that's up the back of the church underneath the cross. You might not get the chance to do that today. There's plenty of pens. There's hand sanitizer for those uh, who want to use that as well. Um, and there's an opportunity to encourage brothers and sisters. Also, in relation to the word hand sanitizer, our chairs have been kind of like oddly laid out for a long time. We're going to change the layout of the chairs. We're going to have four blocks um, of chairs, which will mean uh, three aisles, which will mean lots of ends of rows to sit on. Um, but just so that you're aware, we're going to change things around a wee bit again as we continue to move on. And um, thank you to those who have volunteered to help with sound. We now have three, potentially four people to help, new people to help with sound. So that's amazing. Um, we do continue to need people to get involved in the tech side um, because there's a lot going on there. Also, tomorrow night, here in the church, we will begin the Foundations Group. It will meet at 7.30 here in the church. If you're new to Christianity, new to the faith, or you want to have a refresher and you want to just learn more about the faith, then come along here in the church tomorrow night. And next week, next Sunday, will be the first of a series of three membership classes. will be after church uh, in preparation for bringing people into membership in the church on the 6th of November. So that's all coming up in the life of the church. Can I ask you to keep praying for the ministries which are going on in the church, mission and ministry happening at the same time. It's been really encouraging just to see what's been going on in the building during the week. 
And I think it'd be good if you could see what was happening during the week. If you're not here during the week, it'd be good if you could see. So we'll try and organize a way that you can maybe see on the screen what happens midweek in the church. So much more than just what happens on a Sunday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Are you sitting comfortably? Are you sure? Some, some people are shaking their head. We'll pray for you. You've got a bad back, I know. Um, but today I want to talk about seasons of the soul. Um, but before I do that, I'd like to just pray again, if that's okay, because I need to pray for my heart and our hearts as we open up the Word of God today. Father, we just ask, may our, our very hearts, our, our, the core of who we are, maybe be totally open to receive what you want to say to us today. May our ears be open spiritually to hear. May our understanding be open, Father, our spiritual understanding to grasp what it is that you want to say to us today. And Lord, we just pray that you would speak more than anything, Father. That's what we want to hear is your voice continuing to speak to us in this service today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So last week we thought about the solitude of the soul. That was the title of the message last week. Interesting that Sarah picked that song um, at the close of our worship time today as well with my soul. In every season of life, we can say it is well with my soul, regardless of what's happening. So we talked about the solitude of the soul, and there's a sense in which we walk through life on our own. We experience life alone, a self, a unique person amongst other unique selves, unique people. But we also concluded last week um, that if we belong to Christ, we are never truly alone. We are never alone when we walk with Christ. John chapter 6 verse 37 says, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. What an amazing truth in that scripture. And so we concluded last week by remembering that when Christ is in us, we never walk alone. And we thought about a certain football team's chant, Liverpool, if you remember that. And the message translation puts it this way. Once that person is with me, I hold on and don't let go. I am so encouraged by that. Because there are times when I would have let myself go. And I would have said, see that guy, just forget him. But God never lets us go. And it's this abiding comfort that I have in a world of cancel culture. I don't know if you've heard that term, cancel culture, when people say the wrong thing on social media or wherever, and they lose their jobs, and people stop speaking to them, and they get vilified, and all this stuff happens. It's crazy. Cancel culture. We live in a world where people are canceled out all the time. Snubbed was the way we used to put it long ago. But God will never cast us out. He will never cast us away. And this week, I want to change tack slightly and think about seasons of the soul. Life changes. The Bible says in Psalm 30, verse 8, weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. There are seasons of the soul. There are reasons for grieving, and there are seasons for grieving, and that's entirely, entirely right to do so. But running alongside those seasons, there is a joy which is the inheritance of God's people. Joy is an inner conviction that lifts our heads when we naturally would let them fall. It's interesting, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, we can cry tears of grief, can't we? but we can also cry tears of joy. I don't know if you've noticed that. I've got a question for you today. 
Do you think, what is your thoughts on this? Is joy a choice? Is joy a choice? There's a question for you today. We're not going to ask you to answer the question. We're not going to ask you to stick up hands for yes or no. We're not going to do a referendum. Pause for effect. (laughs) But the question is, is joy a choice? Listen to what Tim Mackey from the Bible Project said. He said, Christian joy is a profound decision of faith and hope in the power of Jesus' own life and love. He thinks it's a choice. One of the most influential Christian writers of our time, Henry Nouwen, he puts it this way, joy does not simply happen to us. We have to choose joy and keep choosing joy every day. It's a choice based on the knowledge that we belong to God and have found in God a refuge and our safety and that nothing, not even death, can take God away from us. There's somebody else that thinks it's a choice. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And it would seem that Paul would be saying that joy, being joyful, being full of joy, is a choice, just like praying continually and giving thanks in all circumstances. It is a choice. There are three different sources who are saying to us today that joy is a choice. Wow, incredible. Think about the life of Job. If you're familiar with the story of Job, he was a wealthy man, big family, lots of property, lots of possessions, and yet that was taken away from him almost overnight. He had lost everything, his family, his livelihood, and eventually his health. And if anyone had cause to be joyless, it was Job. And yet, In all of his circumstances, he continued to keep his mind focused on God. Was he going through it? He was going through it, by the way. And he felt it physically, emotionally, spiritually, in every way. And when he began to talk to God about it, listen to what God said as he began to address Job. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Wow, what an incredible picture. God creating the world that we live in. The world that we live in is not the way he intended it to be. Sin has messed it up. But in that, we can find joy. We need to see ourselves in the bigger picture of what God is doing, who he is and what he's doing. I don't know about you. I don't know how big or small you feel. I know that I'm quite short. But sometimes I actually feel like a tiny speck on the planet. Especially when I look up at the stars at night and I just go, wow, I'm, I'm tiny. A very small thread and a very large tapestry. And today I wanted us to focus for a little minute on a verse from the Old Testament, from the book of Nehemiah, which simply says this, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the context of this verse is that the people had sinned against God, the Israelites had sinned against God, and he'd said, if you do that, you're going to be taken into exile, carried off. The first lot went to Assyria, the second lot went to Babylon, 
And slowly, they began to return. They had been in exile for, I think, about 50 years, and some of them began to return. Here's, here's a little, for you Bible scholars in the room today, why was the exile, why was Judah's exile, why did it last 70 years? Why did it last 70 years? Okay, answers on a postcard, I'm not going to tell you. You need to go away and do your research. Why did the exile last 70 years? Anyway, these people were exiled, and they began to come back, and under Ezra and Zerubbabel, they began to build the temple, the second temple. Some people thought it's not as good as the old temple was, but hey, we're rebuilding the temple. And they began to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem to restore what had been destroyed by the enemy. And this day, Ezra got up and he began to read from the law of the Lord. He began to get up and read from the law of the Lord. Not a verse, not a chapter, but five books. The five books of Moses, the law of the Lord. And he began to read and he started at dawn and he, on this occasion, where we read this little bit, this verse, where the context of this verse is, they kept going on till midday. And the people, the priests began to teach the people what the words meant. Imagine that. Sometimes we struggle to come to church for one hour. Sometimes we struggle to concentrate for half an hour on a sermon. And here they are, a whole morning from sunup till noon, and they listen and they begin to weep as they realize how, fallen, how far fallen they have come. How far, I hadn't, what am I trying to say? How far short they had fallen, that's what I was trying to say, of God's standard. All have sinned, even us, and these people, as they began to realize, they began to weep. And I think what we see here in the book of Nehemiah is a revival beginning to happen, a revival of faith, a revival of an awareness of God, and a, a revival of awareness of sin and all that we have done to offend God. And here they are listening to these words and they, they begin to weep. And they come the next day and they hear the words of God and they weep again and, and they become sorrowful and they begin to grieve. But they say to the people, it's not a time to grieve. It's a time to celebrate. It's a time to rejoice. It's a time where we're going to celebrate Passover for the first time in decades. And they began to have fellowship with God through the ways that had been sorted out by David. And they said, you need to do this, that, and the next thing. Go back all the way into Moses to Passover and how they should celebrate that. And they began to celebrate Passover. And this is what they were encouraged to do, to go and to celebrate and to share with people who don't have because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Translated another way, this is what it says. Delight in Jehovah is a strong refuge. Delight in Jehovah is a strong refuge. I wonder, where is your safe place? Where is your refuge? Where is your strong refuge? Where do you feel safe? Where do you feel supported? Where do you feel secure and where do you feel strong? What do you delight in? Where is that? Is it a person? Well, if it's in a person, we need to remember that every person has limitations and relationships have limitations and our safe person, if we've got a safe person, ought to be the person, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He is our eternal 
safe person? Is it a place, somewhere where you go where you feel safe? Let's remember that places change. Things change. We change. We move. We move to a different part of town. We move away from friends and family. I want to suggest today that if, we want, if we're looking for a safe place, the safe place is in the presence of God. And it doesn't matter where you are on the planet. I've been in lots of different parts of the planet. And the presence of God has been the same, no matter where you are. If we're looking for a safe place, it's in Him. Maybe our safe place is in our own resources, in our wisdom, our strength, our power, our wealth, our home. All these things are totally bound up in limitation. And circumstances that are outside our control sometimes can flip everything up in the air in an instant. And we're not in control of as many things as we'd like to think we are. And I've said that before in the church here, and the older I get, the more I realize how many things we don't actually control. But there is one source of strength that we can all tap into. It is the power of the life of Christ in me. We sang that song last week, in Christ alone my hope is found. In Christ alone we find a power that allows us to function every day, allows us to choose joy every day. Now, there's a little verse in the Bible which says, I am always happy. Have you read that one? It said, me, chapter 24, verse 7, okay? I am always happy. Have you never read that one? The book of me, me, 24, 7. I'm always happy. <laughs> I wish. Of course, the reality is that we don't experience happiness every day, every moment of every day. Happiness is an emotion. Happiness depends on happenings, as we say. Numbers can affect our happiness. It can be pounds and ounces or pounds and pence. One's gone up and one's gone down. We'd rather it was the other way around about, but it's not. Happiness depends on happenings. But joy is something that's deeper than happiness. It's deeper seated in who we are and who God has created us to be. And our souls go through seasons all the time. You can go through four seasons in a day in your soul, if you want to put it that way. We were out for a little run yesterday, and we saw the beginnings of the autumn leaves in the, the trees. And we realized that, that we're, at the, we're, we're now into another season. We're now into autumn. And we can go through four seasons in a day. One minute we're up, the next minute we're down. And then when we're another, neither halfway up nor halfway down. Sorry. Just... I, I try to do these things, but I'm just, it doesn't work, sorry. Um, when he was only halfway up, he was neither up nor down. There you go. And sometimes, I don't know if you're like this, sometimes you wonder if you're going to survive to the end of the day. It's like, for goodness sakes, just life's a roller coaster. But joy is different. The Bible tells us that joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit living within us. Good fruit grows on healthy trees. Healthy trees are connected to the soil. They draw in nutrients. They take benefit from the sun. And they, they are healthy and they bear fruit. And so a tree just during the week, an apple tree, absolutely laden with apples. Nobody seemed to be picking them. I'm going to go back and ask if I can pick those apples, I think. Good trees bear good fruit. And joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit 
living within us. Jesus' arrival on earth was hailed as good news of great joy. And what is it that the thief wants to come and do to steal from you? John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What does he come to steal? He comes to steal our very joy, our very sense of who we are in Christ. The question is, will you allow it? Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 talks about Jesus. It says, let's fix our eyes in Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Who for the joy set before him was able to take upon himself all of our sin, all of our stuff, all of our sorrows, and he took it upon himself for the joy that was set before him. I think when we come into his presence and when we worship him, he begins to experience that joy, the joy that was set before him. When he hears our voices raised in praise, it gives him joy. And he says, it was worth it. When another soul comes into the kingdom of God and he experiences that joy of somebody coming back into a relationship with the Father, there is joy. The joy that was set before him allowed him to endure the cross. I'm going to use a really trite example, right? This is a silly, silly example, but maybe it will be meaningful. I remember way back in the early days of working life, newly married, and I talked about pounds and pence. There wasn't so many pounds and pence around in those days, and every so often, either I would phone Mary or Mary would phone me and would say, do you fancy going out for pizza tonight? And we'd arrange to go to Pizza Hut in Hanover Street in Edinburgh. We'd find the place where you can park for nothing. And we'd go for pizza to Pizza Hut in Hanover Street. Sorry, online advertising again. Apologies. Um, and we'd, go out, we'd arrange to go out for dinner and see that little thought. That little thought in the middle of the day when you were facing the problems in work. When you were facing the problem people in work. When stuff wasn't going the way you wanted it to, you would just think back and you go, aye, but we're going for dinner tonight. Oh, it's exciting. We're going for dinner tonight. We're going to go out and we don't need to do the dishes and we don't need to cook and we can just go and we can enjoy each other's company sitting around the table and something happened in the anticipation of that moment that there was just a happiness inside. What I want to suggest, and I know it's a stupid example, but there's something... There's something that we can look forward to, and it's found in Christ. It's so much more than a meal, a meal out, and that is great, and that is important as well. But joy, joy sometimes is this thing that helps us to look beyond our immediate circumstances, to look to God and say, God is still on the throne. God knows everything that's happening in my life just now. God loves me. God cares for me. Jesus has died for me so that all this sin, I can confess it, and he will forgive me. Wow. We can have joy in every season of the soul. I'm sure Jesus has seen already the day when we will sit around a table with him. And we will have fellowship with God. We will have fellowship with him. And he's seen that moment, seated around the table. Don't know who's going to be doing the dishes that day. Hope it's not me. Maybe there'll be a rota in heaven for dishes. What do you think? Don't think so. 
Why should we choose joy? Why should we choose joy? Well, what's the alternative? Have you thought about what the alternative is to joy? Sometimes you look around church and you see the people who have chosen the alternative to joy. (laughs) You can see it in their faces. (laughs) I would say some of the things that are the alternative to joy are things like fear, bitterness, cynicism, anger, resentment, woundedness, relational chaos, and unforgiveness. All these things are afflictions of the heart. And for 35 years, I've watched and I've witnessed this in the church. Not just this church. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about in the church in general. I've been around a long time now. And I've seen these things get into the church and begin to take away our joy, to rob us of our peace, to rob us of relationship. And it's my conviction, and I've shared this earlier in the service, my deep conviction is that God wants and needs to bring a deep healing into the church. I don't know about you, I, as a leader in this church, want to be fit to lead his church. In the days, in the weeks, in the months, in the years that lie ahead. And so, in order to do that, I know that for me, joy needs to be a choice. Not fear, not bitterness, not cynicism, Not anger, not resentment, not woundedness, not relational chaos or unforgiveness. Joy needs to be a daily choice. For us in this church, joy needs to be a choice that we make every day. Why do we choose joy? Because joy is a refuge. Delight in Jehovah is a strong refuge. Delight in Jehovah, that's our place where we come and we know that we're protected Why choose joy? Because joy is also a fruit of the Holy Spirit living within us. And we would be wise to allow the Holy Spirit access to every area of our lives. But how can we choose joy? I think one of the keys was found in that verse from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 16, rejoice always. Verse 17, pray continually. Verse 18, in every circumstance, give thanks for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. How can we choose joy every day? We get down on our knees and we begin to thank God for his blessings which are new every morning. We pray. We make a conscious effort. We intentionally look for things to give God thanks for. We make a conscious effort to do it every day more than once a day. We need to decide. It's a choice that we make. We recall the promises of God, specific to us perhaps, more widely to this local church, or generally to the global church. We recall the promises of God, and we get ourselves focused again. We get our eyes fixed on Jesus again. And lastly, we ask God to help us in our weaknesses. And the key part of this is to acknowledge that we have weaknesses. We have weaknesses. Each and every one of us have weaknesses. And to acknowledge that we have weaknesses, it requires humility. And self does not like humility. We don't like to humble ourselves. But we need 
to humble ourselves before God. And I would say, let's choose to humble ourselves before God before God humbles us before himself. And there's a joy in coming before God in that way and experiencing the healing power and presence of God in your life as you say, hey, wait a minute, I've messed up here. Come, restore, heal, forgive. A joy that comes directly from his presence, from God's grace, from his goodness, despite his intimate knowledge. And we can say that we're forgiven. We can say that we're free. We can say we're a child of the king. And it's incredible. We, are, we need to understand that we can have joy even in the midst of our grief and sorrows because we have an eternal hope. Even Paul said this when he was speaking to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10. He used this little phrase, sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Not ignoring the circumstances of life, not ignoring the pain, not ignoring the trials and temptations and tests, recognizing that and sometimes saying sorrowful yet always rejoicing, always full of joy. And I guess the question at the end of our time today is, will we choose joy? Will we choose joy? Not today when we're in church, when we're surrounded by our friends and fellow believers, but tomorrow when you wake up and you're feeling a little bit jaded and you're maybe a little bit grumpy pants in the morning, will you choose joy then? When something happens in the workplace and there's a little bit of friction and you're not getting on with somebody, will you choose joy in that moment? Will you choose to be a child of the king in that moment? I wonder, will you choose joy? And it's a, I'm asking myself the question sometimes. Will you choose joy? Will you choose joy today? Will you choose joy in this moment? Will you choose joy in this situation, in this set of circumstances? Because it's hard. I get it. I know how hard it is to do these things and to put them into practice. But when we put them into practice, God comes and we experience his presence Let's just finish our time today with a word of prayer and just a moment to reflect on that question. Will you choose joy today? Let's just take a moment just to be quiet and to respond to that in our hearts before God today. Father, we thank you that Jesus has come and that he is the one who said to cast all of our cares on him. Father, we thank you that we can come and we can cast our cares, our concerns, our worries, our anxieties, the things which rob us of joy, the things which rob us of our peace, and we can bring them to you. We can bring them to the foot of the cross. We can bring them to Jesus. We can bring them into your presence. And Father, we can experience transformation at such a deep level of our heart. Lord, may today, may for some of us, may we choose joy today. Father, may we choose to
to live in the power of your spirit today. May we choose to seek after you with all that is within us. And Father, may we know that joy which comes from the very throne room of heaven itself. May it come. And Father, may your joy infuse our whole being. Father, that when people see us, when people hear us, they would see the joy of the Lord in us, that they would hear the joy of the Lord in us. Father, that the joy of the Lord would be our strong refuge. Father, that that joy which we have in you would be our safe place. Lord, in our relationship with you, may you be our safe place. Father, for some people who are going to face challenges and difficulties, even today, maybe going into this week, maybe last week, things which have affected people in such a bad way, in a negative way. Father, we pray, help us, Lord, that you'd restore to us joy. Father, restore joy into our situations, into our lives, into our homes, into our families, into our workplaces, into our schools, our colleges, our universities, our streets, our community, into churches. Father, we pray, may there be an outpouring from your Holy Spirit of joy in our hearts. May that fruit of the Spirit grow within each one of us. And Lord, may we rejoice in you. May we rejoice in you every day. Father, fill our hearts with joy that we would want to rejoice in you. Lord, maybe for some today, they need to put on that garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lord, we thank you that you give us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that you give us beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning. And Father, we pray that we would be willing to receive these things from the very throne room of your presence today. Lord, may they come. May you minister to us in such a deep way. Father, we pray I pray for your church, this church, the church in this area in West Lothian and beyond in our nation. Father, that you would come and that you'd bring healing into your church. Lord, that you'd heal deep wounds, that you'd bring healing to divisions and to divides and to rifts and things where there have been tears and, Father, where there have been things happen. Lord, we pray that you'd come and that you bring a depth of healing and may it bring glory to Jesus. Father, may he feel the joy as we give our lives afresh to you. And Father, we ask that you'd help us to do that. Give our lives afresh to Jesus. Do you know, maybe some people, maybe there are people in here today, maybe there are people online, maybe somebody who's listened to this uh, service long after it has uh, been shared in a live way, maybe somebody listened to a recording and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. You've never invited Jesus into your heart. Maybe you're on a journey. Maybe you've begun to search and explore. Maybe today is the moment where you give your life to Jesus and you say, I'm fully surrendered to you, Jesus. You can do that by praying a simple prayer. And I'm just going to ask that you repeat this prayer in your heart after me. And if you do that, just tell somebody that you've done it. Share with somebody else that you've prayed this prayer, that you want to get your life right with God. It's a simple prayer. Just pray it into your heart as I pray it. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I've heard about him today. I realize that he died for my sin. He died for all my baggage. He's taken it upon himself that I can be free. Come into my life. Make me clean. 
Give me a fresh start today. Help me to find that joy. Help me to find Jesus. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. And Lord, we just pray for anyone who's prayed that prayer, that you would minister deep into their hearts. And Father, that you do a deep work. And Father, for us here, may you do a deep work in this congregation. May your face shine upon us. May we know your presence in every situation in life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord bless you. Hope you have a fantastic, joyful day in his name.